welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose and let's soar together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I am your host, Mali Ponpadith of the SOAR Community Network, and today we have an incredible guest. I'm so honored to be speaking with Christine Carlson. Christine is a New York Times bestselling author and world-renowned speaker. She is passionate about spreading her message of returning from grief and waking up to life with more joy and gratitude, and certainly not taking life too seriously. Chris's life's mission expands upon the phenomenal success of her late husband, Dr. Richard Carlson's work in the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff series. She continues his legacy of peaceful and mindful living through her own best-selling books, including the most recent, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Moms, An Hour to Live, An Hour to Love, the true story of the best gift ever, and also her memoir, Heartbroken Open. Over the past two decades, Chris and Richard have sold more than 25 million books. She has been featured on national radio and television broadcasts, including The Today Show, Good Morning America, The View, and The Oprah Winfrey Show. Chris's particular roles of expertise are focused on change, transition, and reinvention, and waking up to life with more gratitude and joy. She is a mentor for many people navigating the challenges of middle age. Chris is a sought-after inspirational speaker and is available for keynote talks, media appearances, and much more. And we, again, are so honored, Chris, that you are on our podcast this morning. Thank you so much. Thanks, Molly, for having me on. I'm very honored to be here, too. Well, you know, it's really um, interesting and powerful because when... I got the email that I had the possibility of interviewing you. The first thing I thought was, wow, what an amazing life journey that we're all on. I remember many, many, many years ago when I was going through a really difficult time in my life. I had just lost my fiance. I had just lost a family relative of mine to a drowning accident three months before my supposed to be wedding. And I was grieving. And I was oh, yeah. learning how to find my find, find my way back to feeling again. And I stumbled upon this beautiful book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And mm-hmm. when I opened it up and I read just the first, you know, the intro part of it, I thought, oh, my gosh, God and the universe is telling me that it's going to be okay. So I want to position our conversation because it is, again, such a huge deal for me to be speaking with you and to acknowledge your late, beautiful, dear husband, Dr. Richard Carlson's work. It impacted me personally in my life. So with that being said, um, I want to honor your path today and I want you to share with us what has your journey been in terms of the grieving, the healing, and why is it so important to carry on his legacy through your legacy? 
That's beautiful. Well, first of all, I just, you know, want to honor you and thank you for sharing, you know, your story and the way that you did and how powerfully connected we are, you know, and it's amazing to me that Richard's work actually helped you in grief, you know, because it's like, that's, that, that just amazes me because of course I, I never think of don't sweat the small stuff as being like a book that somebody would turn to in grief, but I can see that it's the message of peace and hope and the restoration of faith, you know, that oftentimes we all need when we're going through such difficult changes and transitions, especially those deeper losses of life that we have to endure. And, you know, so I just want to acknowledge you, first of all, for that. And I want to say that I have a little bit of a cold, just so you know, you all know, (laughs) (laughs) I, I, with my grandkids for a week and (laughs) they all had runny noses and I ended up leaving and leaving with a little runny nose too. So my voice is a little scratchier than usual, but anyways, I just want to say that, um, you know, it was the tools and don't sweat the small stuff that Richard and I lived and that series of books, there's nine books in the series came out of our lives. It it came out of, you know, Richard had a psychology background, but he never really practiced traditional psychology. We, um, practiced a form of, um, mental health and well-being that we had learned, um, the principles of called psychology of mind. And that's really been the foundation of his work. And fortunately, early on in our relationship, we both learned those principles. Um, and I, I was really blessed. It was a way of life for us. And so don't sweat the small stuff really, it, it points to all of those principles of mental health and well-being. And I think that's why people turn to a book like that for all different reasons. And I think that's why it helped you too, Molly, because, um, of it helps you access, your mental health and well-being by just practicing life in a very simple and mindful way. And oftentimes when we're going through change and transition that's so huge and we're in deep grief, we are really brought back to the simple um, aspects of life that, you know, it's, it's, we take comfort in just the fact that we're able to get our feet on the ground and wake up and, you know, breathe eat and then go back to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I was gonna say it's a daily practice. And that was what the book was very helpful, because every day I wake up and I would flip a page. And it was just whatever I could do to find any hope and inspiration each day, uh, sometimes each minute by minute. Yes. And so my my story is, you know, for your listeners is that you know, Richard and I, we lived a very wonderful life together. And 10 years ago, um, uh, about 25 years into our life together, um, Richard was just 45. Um, at the time he got on a plane to promote his latest book and, um, he had a pulmonary embolism on the descent of that flight. Mm -hmm. And so it was a very, you know, it was a very sudden loss for me and my family. We had no anticipation that that was going to happen. And, um, you know, it, it, of course, like you, I, I went into very deep grief, um, went through a, a very deep healing process, but what was very 
interesting to me is that I had this sort of witness of what I was going through. And I, I do believe it's because our life path had clearly been to show people and to show the world how to live a really healthy life. And we had been in this work and in the personal growth world for 20 years at this point. And so, and I had already written with Richard and written Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Women and Don't Sweat the Small Stuff in Love. And even though I hadn't seen myself so much as an author, I, I saw myself more as his support person in the world. I still, there was a part of me that was very curious about this process and began to really witness it as I was going through it. And I started to journal um, what I witnessed and and the process of healing, you know, that came through for me um, was so divine and it was so divinely inspired by my connection to Richard where I could feel him in the divine. And, you know, that's probably the most beautiful part of my journey. And, you know, one that I'm speaking to greatly in my latest book that I'm working on finishing right now, which is called um, From Heartbreak to Wholeness, The Hero's Path to Joy. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's been 10 years for me. So it's been 10 years of healing and, um, and it's been a process, you know, a true process. But, it's, it's been wonderful too. You know, it's been beautiful. I've had an incredible awakening through my experience and I don't know if you experienced that, but I, I certainly felt that, um, the whole experience of living with Richard and loving him was incredible. And the whole experience of losing him and having to live without him has also been incredible. Yeah, well, I can definitely relate to that, Christine. I think, you know, the capacity one has to love um, is greater and to live is greater when you have such a loss and in particular sudden losses because your world gets turned upside down in an instant. And I will tell you, I have been so blessed to have found this beautiful soul of a man who is now my husband, Victor. And I tell you, it was a 10-year journey for me before my heart actually truly opened up to the possibility of real love, like real companionship, you know, lasting love. Prior to that, it was still so scared to give, you know, somebody else all of all that it had to offer because of the fear of loss. So I definitely, definitely appreciate and can relate to that. And I would tell you that loss, the gift that came out of that was my deep, deep connection to life, to nature, to everything that is while I'm still here and to my work. So this is why I'm so inspired by what you're doing and continuing to do because death does bring us to life. I really, really believe that. Oh my gosh, you have just spoken the last chapter of my book. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) really, you know, that's, that is the thing that, you know, I've come to as well. Like I, I've realized that, um, when you love life itself more than everything else, it's like loving yourself more. It's being divinely inspired and connected to source and to spirit and however you want to term that. In your terminology, you know, many people will, will speak of God in this way, universal love, um, the divine. You know, I, I tend to try and pick a term that's very broadly based, which is the divine. But your life becomes, you know, really divinely inspired on all, on all levels. And 
and it's it's amazing and i do think that that is the incredible gift of loss is what you've spoken to is the ability to wake us up to a deeper conversation and a deeper respect a deeper reverence not only for the people in our lives but for the experience of waking up every day and having that blessed experience of being in this body in this human form in this time because this is you know, whether or not we have more lives it doesn't really matter because this is the one precious one that really counts today right exactly <laughs> this is the one we need to be concerned with this is the one we need to act on this is the one we need to be incredibly appreciative of and you know i look at my husband and the life he lived and he lived such an incredible full life. And I feel like he would have loved the second phase too, you know, (laughs) like this phase would have been like, wow, we did all this amazing work in the world. And now we get to enjoy the experience of what that's like, you know, and, but I, you know, it didn't work out that way for us as a couple, but, but I, I definitely, I've definitely felt completely inspired, you know, in this, this second part of the journey. And I think carrying on for him and, having that responsibility really assisted me and helped me initially, you know, really step into the journey of it all. Yeah, because now it is yours. It is yours to do. Um, and it is. We, we honor, we honor uh, Dr. Richard Carlson, but we also want to honor you and your work because you're still here and you still have a lot of work to do. So let me ask you this question. What does it feel like to know that there are more millions upon millions of people who have been touched by these books, by the messages of the books, more importantly, and by the experiences through your own life and the life that you had with your husband, but your current experiences. What does it feel like to know that millions upon millions of people have been touched and inspired by your work? Oh my gosh, you know, that just, that makes me cry, actually. <laughs> I'm like, you know, um, it's interesting because I don't think that um, I don't think that either Richard nor I have ever really taken that in fully. I mean, in the way of like, I sit in my bed, you know, I'm sitting in my bed right now and I'm speaking to you and I often sit here in the early morning hours and it's when I write and, you know, often we um, really have the practice of just tuning in as an instrument, you know, really realizing that we're all instruments in the same, we have, all have the same capacity on many levels. It's just, we, we, we tuned in to our creative, you know, energy that came through us, you know, and came through our heart. And I asked Richard once, you know, I said, why did this happen for us? You know, like how did this happen and why did it happen for us? And he said, you know, I don't know why. All I know is that we have very pure hearts and we, we, all we want to do is really serve and serve humanity the best that we can. And, and I think, you know, I guess I don't take that part in because it becomes somewhat overwhelming on some level. Like I, I think I, I love to write for myself and write what's in my heart and what's coming through me. And then knowing that people are impacted is, it's like the icing on the cake, but it, it, but it's just, it's more like, it's more important for me to know that I'm, I'm an instrument. It takes the pressure off. Does that make sense? That, Absolutely. 
Yeah, that it, that otherwise, if you feel like it's you or you take that on, then I don't know. It 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 it, it could be like an ego thing or something. And and while I think you know, there's an important aspect of wanting to do good work in the world that definitely probably comes from ego on some level. But I feel like, you know, a deeper calling is just really honoring. I think what really inspires me is that I know that I'm honoring my life's purpose. I know that I've remembered why I came to this earth and I know Richard did. And, and it always brings tears to my eyes when somebody writes me or when I hear a story like yours, I mean, it always does because it's just, it's kind of, it's mind blowing, you know, I mean, it really Mm -hmm. is. It's just mind blowing. Well, you know, this is such such a a beautiful segue into my next question. We um, are hosting our second annual uh, SOAR community summit. And this is important to this conversation because we want to focus on legacy leadership. We work with a lot of businesses and business owners and corporate executives. And when I went to school, Christine, I was taught personal is personal and business is business. But I just never felt connected to that philosophy because it was very hard for me to not always be myself, to have to stuff some parts of me away depending on the situation. And when we thought about hosting our summit we thought, how do we allow business owners and business leaders to truly tap into what's theirs to do on a spiritual level? And when you talked about, I, I remember what I came here to do, that's what we hope to develop in so many people is that there is such a miracle uh, of you that is here to serve for a purpose. And I really want to infuse what your teachings are, what you're sharing into all of the leaders around the world. And mind you, everybody is a leader. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Everyone is a leader. And, and we all lead by our own example. You know, our lives are, I mean, it's just like what Gandhi said, you know, your life is your message. And you lead by how you live. And that is the truth of, of for, for all of us. Yes, I appreciate that you said, you know, the, the ego sometimes um, does kind of take away from what we are um, hoping to do in the world, which is to really create impact and change um, to every person that we touch. And like you said, you know, you try not to think about like the responsibility, which is in quotes there, <laughs> in air yeah. quotes, <laughs> of what that means, but to just honor who you are and be, you know, get up in the morning in your case and write and pour your heart out there and just trust, right? Just trust that yeah. someone is going to resonate, someone is going to be inspired or motivated to, to take action on their own lives. And that's all we can do is do the, do the work and release it. And, and trust that we're going to serve. Yeah, I think that, and that is the real cornerstone of, of you know, tapping into creative source too. It, it happens in your ability to surrender and to open to it and allow it to come through you. And, you know, when it's not of you and you're not trying to do it, see when people like they always say, well, I have to edit my stuff over and over again. You know, I edit everywhere, you know, and there's a crafting. Sure. You know, you can think of writing as a craft 
and you can edit and edit and edit. But for me, you know, I, I really don't do that. I allow, I think the word allow is such a powerful word because I really allow, um, inspiration to show up and, and come through me and be, you know, be there, be, I just have to be present for it. And, you know, if I'm not feeling it, I don't, I don't, I'm, you know, feeling like physically off or I don't force myself to do my work on those days, my writing work, you know, I just, I want it to be so pure and so heartfelt and so, um, divinely inspired that I just allow, you know, myself to, to do this when I'm feeling completely aligned and attuned in my heart, mind and body and spirit. So now, Christine, I'm going to ask you a question that perhaps maybe some of our listeners might be thinking. We have a lot of folks who tune in from around the world who are either authors or aspiring authors or writers, and they are overwhelmed by the process of writing, number one, um, and also the idea that they're going to put their heart and soul out there for the world. It's very um, scary intimidating. I mean, I felt all of these things when I first published my memoir. So I I can relate to that sense of anxiety and fear that, oh, no, what am I going to do? I can't take this back. So my question for you is for those that are interested or have written books and feel um, maybe like they don't know how to get it out there or is anybody resonating? You know, am I serving? What would you say to them considering how many books you've sold, but also how many lives you've touched, what would you, what would some words of encouragement be? Well, I would, first of all, I would say you, you have to write for yourself. You know, you write, um, you write as if nobody's going to be reading it. You know, you write, um, that's like, that's, that's how I get to the heart of like my most authentic expression I don't write as if anyone's going to read my work. I write purely from a place where it's like a diary. It's like you are writing for yourself. And when you can do that, um, and then you, you know, for me, like, I guess because it is second nature to me now, you know, I've published, this will be my sixth book on my own, but with Richard, you know, we, we were in the publishing world for, you know, 25, 20 years together, you know, mm-hmm. so I, it's it just, and he wrote, I don't know, something like 30 books in his lifetime. So wow. there, and there, there was so much publishing in our, our world that it just, it was second nature to us to, you know, to write, um, and observe and talk about our lives. Although I will say Richard was a much more private person than I am. <laughs> He would, he would probably not broach many of the subjects that I, I, I broached today. I will, I will pretty much talk about anything (laughs) and I will write about anything. And, and it's only because, you know, I've been shattered on such a level that there's just no different me that I present to the world. I, I present the same me to my best friends as I'm presenting to you right now. I mean, there's no difference in who I present. Although I will say case in my, one of my grandkids said, Nana, you know, you could get really mad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think only when I feel like, you know, they're hitting each other in the eyes with Nerf guns, you know, <laughs> I can really get mad. <laughs> but most people don't see that side of me, you know, it doesn't come out very often. And 
I, you know, I think that's, that's sort of the beauty of what can transpire in, in the life of somebody who lives their life as an open book. Um, you know, when you, when you have nothing to hide and you have no shame about living your life and, and living it the way in, you know, I'm in a, a stage in my life where I'm, you know, in my mid fifties and I'm pretty unapologetic about who I am in this world. I, I, I really, you know, I, I just, I feel like if you resonate with me, great. If you don't, that's fine. I know with the whole political storm, I came out and I talked about my, my political views when the whole can't, you know, when we were going through that horrible transition of, of, you know, the presidency and, and I lost a lot of followers on, on my, um, website, but you know, I was at this point where I'm like, I am not going to hide how I feel about this. Uh -huh. <laughs> I need to speak out too. You know, I'm like, this is, this is a big thing, you know? And I just decided, you know, I made that decision. Whereas Richard, you would have never known, like you would have not known how he voted. Like he wouldn't have come out, um, and really taken a political stand because he would have felt like, you know, that that's not what his work is about. But, you know, my work is about, you know, touching people's lives at the heart of what matters. And that's where I am in my life. You know, I live my life, you know, fully in my heart and fully available to that and fully inspired by that. And I think if you are writing in this world, in this day and age, what people are looking for is what you have in your authentic expression. They're not looking to be told or, you know, taught something. They want to, they want you to show them how you do it, you know, and, and you can show best by being authentic to your example and, and by just sharing deeply from your example of your own life and your own story. And I'm pretty excited because I'm actually going to be coming up with a program very soon, um, called something like birthing your book. And it's going to be a program, you know, teaching people, you know, how to access this creative power and how to really go from the idea of your book, you know, to the completion of, of your book. And it's something, you know, I've written this beautiful book in five months this summer and it, and it's a five month, six month process to write a book and it's writing every day. <laughs> right. I was going to say that's like, a, that's a short time frame because it took me five years to write my first book. So five months, I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, that is a very diligent, you know, and I'm telling you, my book is due October 1st and I am as right before this interview with you, Molly, I was, you know, working on chapter nine and that's the last chapter of the book. And in the next three days, I'll write the introduction and it goes in, you know, October 1st. So wow. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm like down to the last thread here. <laughs> yes. No wonder why, why you're doing your interview in bed to get your little rest because you need the energy for the next few days here. <laughs> So I, you know, it's funny. It's, it's weird how you just, uh, with the experience that I have, you know, I know, I knew I couldn't do it less than five months and I had to really clear, I have a podcast too, and I, I've been recycling my podcasts and so forth. I, I just had to clear my plate 
in order to, you know, allow this, this body of work to just come full me through me fully. And, and I knew that, you know, it's, I've been writing about it for 10 years. So I was really ready to really come to write this book, um, and really talk about how important the hero's journey is to all of us that, mm-hmm. you know, we get to choose, we get to choose at that, you know, pinnacle point of, huge change, like which path we're going to take. And we're either going to take the path of the victim. And sometimes we do both, or we're going to choose the path of the hero. And, you know, sometimes we do both, we go back and forth. And, and that's sort of what my whole new book is about is, is returning to joy and how we choose the hero's journey to return to joy. Mm, that's so beautiful. Well, you answered one of my um, questions that I wanted to ask about. <laughs> but that's what that's what having real honest conversations are about, you know. And one of the questions uh, that I wanted to ask, which you brilliantly answered, is how do you deal with criticism, opposition, and um, a loss of, of following or fans because of your own graduation from who you were to who you are and who you are becoming. And you brilliantly said, well, you know, I'm at this phase in my life where I'm just unapologetic about where I am, where my heart is, what my beliefs are, my values are. And I want to reiterate that because I think so many of us wait for approval as human beings from society, from others, family, friends, to show up the way in which we think we ought to be serving them versus just showing up and being. And I, I just love that message. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is such a huge, it's such a huge thing for all of us is in, and even coming out into the public eye, you know, which is what you do when you write a book, you're, you're, you, you have to realize that you become a public figure when you become a published author. And, And when you do that, you know, you open yourself up, you open your life up, um, to people in a different way than you, you would. Now in previous years, we had our anonymity, um, as authors. Now Richard had less because he was interviewed by every top, you know, television show many times over, including Oprah four times, you know, and had a PBS special and, you know, he didn't, he was definitely recognized around the world when he stood in a plane or, you know, he, he definitely lost his anonymity at some point, but it wasn't like being George Clooney or anything. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, nothing like that, but you know, but now these days with, with what you really need to do with your branding and being in social media and, you know, you have to be prepared that writing the book is the first step and it, and it puts you out there. And it, and if you want, or you don't care, you know, I know people that write books, they don't care about all that, you know, and that, that's fine. Um, because if your work is authentic, people are going to find it anyways, they really will. And, you know, you, you have to just know that whatever, when, when I lose followers, I used to like look at my list more, you know, frequently or whatever. I don't even look anymore, quite honestly. I'm, you know, when I lose followers, I just feel like, oh, it's just time for them to go on and move on. And I bless them and send them on their way. And, you know, and it's, it's just, you're looking to just be yourself. And then if people resonate with you as you are great, if they don't let them go and let them go resonate with somebody else, because you're building a community, a tribe of people that are connected through you and your work. And, 
however that transpires, you know, is, is how it's meant to be, but just be who you are. You, there's nothing to do to be who you are really. I mean, you have to be able to break through all the crap of all the <laughs> stuff that you tell yourself that you're not. <laughs> I know. And that's a daily you know? practice as well, right? <laughs> that is, I mean, we all have like, we all have a shit story about who we, who we are in this world yeah. or who we aren't. And that's right. And we have to get through that piece, you know, every one of us, you know, mine comes up less frequently than it used to when I was younger. My self-doubt has gotten very small because I've had all these worldly experiences that have shown me otherwise, you know, but, but I had an enormous amount of self-doubt when I was a young woman and, and then, and look at me now. And you, if you have self-doubt, believe me, that is totally normal. That is, there's nothing abnormal about that, but, but the world will show you, the world will open doors and windows for you. The universe will support you as you remember why you came to the earth and you embark on your path, you know, your journey to bring out whatever it is you're here to share, whatever gifts you have to give, whether it's, it's doing art or it's cooking or it's working in a classroom or it's leading a group of people, you know, to bring some innovative technology or app into the world doesn't matter when it, it'll just, the world will transpire on your behalf when you get on your mark. And I, you know, I tell my kids that all the time that, you know, you, you can rest assured that, you'll know when you're not on your mark because nothing happens <laughs> and you're like, you'll feel like you're hitting a wall. But, but when things start to open up for you, it's like the universe saying, yes, here's your breadcrumb. Keep following, keep going. Here it is. Here it is. It's like being spoon fed something really. I mean, and, and that's how a book is too. You know, I feel like I'm spoon fed my book. Even this conversation that we've had today it's such a confirmation that I did, I went the right way in my book. Like I'm, you just spoke my whole last chapter of my book, basically. <laughs> well, that's awesome. A, that means that we're really, really connecting, right? Yes. Thank totally. you. And our stories. I mean, just the fact that, you know, our stories are so interwoven. I mean, I'm blown away because I didn't even have an idea of what conversation we'd be having this morning. So... <laughs> Those are the best kinds. Well, you know, Christine, I think also one thing that I was really excited about talking to you is that, you know, you have such a beautiful energy and light about you, of course, as the as the host and producer of the podcast, I have to do some research and some stalking on the internet <laughs> to learn <laughs> to learn a lot about our guests. And one thing, because I think because of the shared experience of having lost um, at the time who was my the love of my life, right? And being able to find joy and peace and harmony in the world and trusting that you're living um, out your life and your legacy and they're part of it. Um, and then being able to have this beautiful next phase of our life be filled with love and hope and joy. I think that's what connected and made me so excited is to know that you didn't just lay down and say that was his work to do. I can't do it. It's too hard. And instead you chose joy and hope and optimism and more love to give to the world. So oh. I just want to also, you know, say thank you for that because it is a choice. It is a choice to make that 
step toward living your most authentic um, and and be in the the most beautiful higher self every day when you get up in the morning it is an active choice and this is one of the reasons why we love you know doing what we do and, and bringing guests like you because we have to remind each other because I need the reminder too life has not been easy but life is nope. not easy for any of us that's why it's life we're here to learn we're here <laughs> to so you know <laughs> evolve and morph and make the next generation and the next generation better because we served and lived right Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that that is why we are connected in our humanity is we're connected for the the sorrow that we go through, but for the joy that we can experience. And and every one of us has both every single day on some level, every single one of us where we, we don't you don't wake up in the morning knowing what's going to happen, you know, throughout the day or throughout your life, you know, that's, that's how it is. So every day you have to step in to the unknown and, and every day, if you step in though, with, with this feeling of wonder and, and sort of a lust for more, more life, you know, more love and, and being connected to that, being divinely inspired through that love that you have of life, then it doesn't matter what you face. There is no adversity when you love life first, when you are first connected to your own life in that deep engagement level, there's nothing that will happen that can throw you off totally. You you know, you, you'll definitely, you'll have your losses, you'll go through grief, but you will come back and, and come back to an inspired love of life. If that's your first love. Mm, I love that message so much. <laughs> well, Christine, <laughs> we, we honor your path. We honor your journey. We honor your courage to share and to give of your heart to our audience, to the world, really. And um, we'd love to stay connected with you. We'd love to well, work, support, yeah. collaborate with you. But please let our audience know how they can learn about your programs, um, whether they are, you know, already in existence or or cre- you're creating them very soon. Um, how can our listeners find you and connect with you? Oh, thank you. Well, you can go to both of our websites, Um if you're a Don't Sweat fan, you know, we, we launched a really cool new product line, a Don't Sweat the Small Stuff um, product line on don'tsweat.com. And if you want to hear more about what's upcoming for me um, on my website, it's www.christine with a K, carlson.com. And um, there'll be updates and, you know, everything. Although I have to say, I feel very much out of it uh, this last five months. <laughs> I feel very much like, I wonder oh, why. Oh, my God. In a different world, for sure. Uh, and I had a broken foot all summer. So that was very interesting as well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Christine, can you let us know also what the name of your podcast is so we can also sure. subscribe and find you and continue to share insights? Sure. It's um, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff with Mm. Christine Carlson. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Thank you, Molly. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation and for the work that you are doing and and creating visionary leaders and supporting them. I'm, I'm so excited to know you. Well, thank you. I'm honored to know you. Let's continue to work and and serve together. And uh, we want to make sure that you come back. So next, the next book, when it gets out there, I said October 1. (laughs) 
great well we'll have you come back and talk a little bit about the uh the book itself and whatever else might be um you know working up in in your kitchen because i know you have a lot of things going on as well so again thank you so much for your time and, thank you and we really appreciate your work so please keep on sharing thank you so much Bye. To, to all our listeners, thank you so very much for always supporting us, being a part of our community. You know how much we appreciate you. If you have any questions, if you'd like to refer a guest, if you'd like to be on our show, please find us at soarcommunitynetwork.com or email us at info at soarcommunitynetwork.com. If you're interested in sponsoring or being a part of our summit, please again visit soarcommunitynetwork.com forward slash summit. Thank you so much. And until we speak again, take good care, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOAR Podcast. Join us by visiting soarcommunitynetwork.com.